Welcome to the Farm Beats podcast. Farm Beats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by the students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Beats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, Farm Beats followers, and welcome to another episode of the Farm Beats podcast. I'm Jose Cesario. And I am Deepak. And we are glad to have you with us as we are joined by Brian and Courtney Arnold from Ninja Egg. Through the Ninja Egg, Brian Courtney works with producers to support the implementation and benefits of digital agriculture technologies for profitable fertility recommendations. With that in mind, let's hear more from Brian and Courtney. Well, I'm Courtney Arnell. I have a background in um, agricultural communications. I got a bachelor's and master's from Oklahoma State University. And um, prior to Ninja Ag, I have a lot of experience in marketing and communications, business development, product development, sales, uh, customer service, and training. So I have a very diverse background just in business in general. And I've been with Ninja Ag since it started, since the beginning in 2018. And I serve our company and our customers as the chief executive officer. All right. And uh, my name's Brian. I uh, have a PhD in soil fertility. Uh, my background is heavy on the sensor management, along with applied uh, nutrient management, NPK, and all the other nu nutrients. Uh, I do do quite a bit of research and extension. My role with Ninja Ag, uh, one of the founders with Courtney and uh, two others for the company, and I now serve more as a, a scientific advisor, uh, kind of an agronomic uh, ground truther, and making sure everything is lining up appropriately, uh, given the science and the understandings, and also how, how can we move forward with the sciences. You uh, seem to have a good background in uh, fertility and uh, sensor-based nitrogen management. Uh, moving forward here, uh, the name of the company, Ninja Egg, uh, sounds uh, like an interesting one. Uh, would you mind sharing how did you come up with this name? Yes, absolutely. So the name Ninja Ag honors the Oklahoma State University researchers that have had a tremendous impact and influence on the partners of the company. So. Brian, myself, and our two other partners, Jerry May and Brady Sidwell, um, we all come have an Oklahoma State University educational background. We all have experience working in the precision ag industry, and we all worked for Dr. Bill Ron's uh, soil fertility program. And so Dr. Bill Ron, he pioneered the use of remote sensing for nitrogen recommendation. And he also established the difference between final grain yield and fertilizer need. He collaborated with Dr. Marvin Stone and Dr. John Soley with the OSU Department of Biosystems and Ag Engineering on sensing biomass for nitrogen recommendations and advancements in sensor technologies. The result of this, um, was what we now know as Trimble's handheld green seeker sensor. And what that does, that sensor removes the limitations that previous sensors have had, and it standardized um, NIR bands. 
Um, Dr. Bill Ron, he used to teach the nutrient management course at OSU. And in the course, students have to memorize and write on a blank sheet of paper the nitrogen cycle. Once they are able to accomplish this, then they're deemed a nitrogen ninja. And so the name Ninja Ag comes from this course, since our company specializes in fertility management, and it's a representation of the knowledge, work, and passion that doctors Bill Ron, John Soley, and Marvin Stone did in their work in this field. Yeah, and really, so, and Dr. Ron loved the ninja uh, the nitrogen engine. And honestly, over the years, we, we've awarded more than 400 since the early 2000s. Uh, he's awarded and myself has awarded more than 400 of these. But he loved the word ninja because he wanted the students to be agile and mobile within the nitrogen cycle, understanding the influence of organic matter, influence of weather and microbial activity, and the chemical equations that all circle around that nitrogen cycle. So the ninja comes back to being an agile, being able to move within the cycle in an agile and competent way. Oh, that's amazing. We all know for those who work with sensors, we all have heard and read some of the works that Bill Round did. It's an amazing job he did. And I believe he, he was even here in Nebraska for some time, if I'm yeah. correct. So he's a native Nebraskan or he was, he was native Nebraskan and he did his, uh, I believe it was his PhD in Nebraska. And so, yeah, so he uh, had a undergraduate in turf. So he had his BS in turf sciences and then his master's was under Dr. Westerman at OSU, the soil fertility specialist prior to Dr. Ron. And then uh, he went to UNL and uh, achieved his PhD under Prof. Olson. Uh, very uh, well-known and famous, at least in, in our realm, soil fertility specialist from the 80s and 90s. And so a pretty great lineage going back. He had both Westerman and Olson, who were really through the days, the primary Great Plains soil fertility specialists. And so pretty cool background. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So moving forward for the next question here. We, we realized that your company's website has a, a quote, let the field do the talking. Can you briefly explain to our audience what that refers to? Yes, so uh, our solution uses the 4R Nutrient Stewardship Framework and the foundation of our, of our solution is reference strips, which helps us nail down the right time and uh, to apply nitrogen. Reference strips, they're an area in the field where either extra nitrogen is applied or a reduced amount of nitrogen is applied. It acts as a fuel gauge for the field to let the farmer or the agronomist know, hey, it's, we're low on nitrogen and it's time to apply. And it, that, that reference strip then serves as, an, as a line of communication to the agronomist and the grower. So... Our tagline, let the field do the talking, serves as a reminder to the agronomist and the grower um, to remove the guesswork out of application timing and let the field communicate when and if nitrogen is needed. So what does uh, Ninja Egg currently offer as a services or products? Can you briefly highlight how these services products will help solve the farmer's current problems in the field? Absolutely. So we have an online application that provides a variable rate uh, nitrogen recommendation, yield potential, 
information and return on investment information. Our system also produces applicator files for these for our recommendation and an easy way to edit that recommendation if needed. We also have what's what we call corrected imagery. It's calibrated imagery. Um, so if someone needs calibrated imagery to do modeling or some really in detailed data processing, we can provide that piece for them. Uh, and we also provide customized algorithms that are site specific to, uh, an, to an area's climate and soils. And we can modify that algorithm over time to keep getting it more precise. So what, how this helps farmers is that it really helps them optimize their ROI. The information in our reports helps farmers nail down the right rate in the right place. Um, it helps them visualize high and low yielding areas, um, high and low profiting areas of the field, and areas of the field that need less or more nitrogen. And it also helps them compare uh, yield and ROI potential of their planned flat rate against our variable flat rate. So they can determine what's the best, most profitable way to move forward um, so that they don't leave any money on the table. We also help them improve their economic and environmental sustainability by improving um, overall farm return on investment and enable them to participate in carbon credit programs or NRCS USDA sustainability programs. Our system really helps, helps farmers implement best management practices so that they're able to participate in these programs. And it also helps improve marketing strategies, um, farm planning and management um, by using our, our yield potential information, which are we can predict yield pretty early and accurately. And uh, we've had farmers use that information um, to develop better marketing strategies to negotiate better prices. They've also used the information to better plan for harvest and storage requirements and for cash flow budgeting. And this information can also be used uh, for crop insurance as well. Um, so really, in a nutshell, what we're doing is helping farmers overcome challenges posed by commodity prices, fertilizer costs, uh, government policy, and tighter regulations through our solutions. Um, we help alleviate a lot of that stress by putting more decision-making power in their hands um, through a simple no-risk in-season fertility management solution um, that can really help them manage, better manage their ROI and not leave any money on the table. Oh, that's amazing, Courtney. It's amazing how these technologies can help to reduce the uncertainties uh, over the growing season, right? And which makes sense when we say like, let the field talk because we really want to hear what the plants need during this growing season, right? Right. Yeah, so, and, and I'll add to that. So what, Building off what you just said, one of the challenges with nitrogen goes back to the nitrogen cycle in that the yield demand, the nitrogen demand by the crop is going to be influenced by the weather. The amount of nitrogen lost through the lost pathways is influenced by weather. The amount of nitrogen mineralized or immobilized is influenced by weather. 
And uh, how good is our current weather prediction models? Are, are, we, are, are we able to trust 90 days out that for the next 90 days, we know what the temperatures, the rainfall and everything's gonna be, or do we still struggle with a five day forecast? And so the goal of ours is to let the environment happen, let the plants react to the environment and us look at those plants and make the adjustments. Instead of trying to predict out the weather at planting, we do move more in season but it's trying to let let the environment occur and us to gather more data. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. And uh, you mentioned that the company has been working to help these farmers to reduce this uncertainty, but are these products available to farmers worldwide or does the company attend a specific region, only Oklahoma or Nebraska? Can you expand a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, we are a worldwide solution. Uh, Brian mentioned earlier, you know, Dr. Ron really liked the agility, like how ninjas are agile and knowledgeable. So that's exactly what our solution is. It's very agile and it's very robust. We can quickly adapt to different environments and, and create algorithms that are specific to those soils and in those environments and modify them over time to make them more precise and, and include we have several different crops in the system right now that have algorithms for them, but within, we can also be very agile and add additional crops to the system. So one thing about the system is that we're, we're using the baseline of established and peer-reviewed documentation and also other farmer things. So we can incorporate the work done by UNL, by Dr. Shepherds. Uh, we're currently, uh, Dr. Dave Franson up at North Dakota State just put out some new algorithms that we can immediately incorporate into this system working with algorithms built by Dr. Ron and others in Brazil, in China, in India, in Africa, in Australia that are pre-existing. So we can take those and then make regional modifications on them as the yield changes, as the rainfall changes, as the climate changes or the cropping system changes. So we've been able to incorporate all the cereals, uh, wheat, rye, those are very easy, especially through the plains. Uh, canola has one that's been in the system. Cotton is one that was developed. Uh, that was actually my dissertation was to develop cotton algorithms back in the early 2000s. And then also corn, sorghum, and most of our forages. Yeah, that's that's interesting to see how the services are available worldwide, pretty dynamic uh, to different kind of soils, different kind of crops. That's interesting. So as we dive uh, more into the uh, services uh, that the Ninja Egg offers, can you please explain to our listeners how does the Ninja Egg recommendation system actually work? Okay, yeah, <clears throat> so we're an in-season solution um, that will help farmers find the right rate in the right time in the right place. To start, they need a reference strip in the field. We have to have a reference strip in order to process and order through our system. Once that's in place, we watch for that strip to appear. Like we mentioned earlier, we watch for that to communicate to the agronomist or the grower, hey, it's time to apply nitrogen. Once it appears, then they collect site-specific data from that field with the green seeker. Then they go and process and order through our system. Um, Depending on bandwidth, that order will take less than five minutes to generate a recommendation for the field. Yeah, and so a little bit on the more spe specific side to those things is that 
when we move into a new region or an existing region, we find locally adapted algorithms are already available. Pre-model that. We can use some information from the farmers, look at that even before the cross plan is like, does this make sense for your environment? If not, let, let's make it work. And then as they move through the season and the, the, the strip develops and they want to make the recommendation, we have multiple algorithms within the system. So you can actually over and over, you could test Oklahoma's versus Kansas versus Nebraska versus Colorado on any given crop and see how they all produce yield and nitrogen and then even and tweak that along your own. We ask for site-specific information because we're able to bring in any imagery source, whether it's a drone, a plane, or a satellite. The challenge with that is all the models that have been developed, whether it's at UNL uh, by Shepherds Holland or whether it was at OSU by Ron and Soli, we're using active sensors, whether it was the, the Crop Circle or Green Seeker, which has a very narrow bandwidth as far as the red, near infrared, amber, and red edge. So it's really tight and really high quality reflectance. If we look at some of our drones in our aerial, we, we might look at 670 plus or minus eight nanometer for our active sensors. A drone may be 670 plus or minus 50 nanometers. And it's also passive. So you have cloud cover, you have sun angle. And so what we're doing to utilize the models that have been made over the last 30 years is using the green seeker, even the Holland, as long as it's got the NDVI and we can even incorporate red edge, is that we're using that to ground truth whatever satellite or whatever drone may be flying. Because uh, most of this guy, most of the folks that are getting this images aren't going out there with the really good color tarps, right? As researchers, you know that if you fly a drone, you have all these calibration tools and all these things you need to do to get good data. Well, how many farmers have a calibration tarp out in their fields, right? And so this is the way to, to get uh, more ground truth so we can apply the models built off those active sensors that over the decades. That's, that's pretty cool, Brian. It's nice to see how the company is being able to customize and do all this calibration using these tools based on each grower, right? And but how has your experience been working with these farmers using all these Ninja Ag services? Any particular exciting experience that you want to highlight? Yes, we, so we primarily work with the agronomist or trusted advisor, so they can provide this service to the grower. However, there are some cases in areas where agronomists aren't available to the farmer. And so we'll work more one-on-one -on -one with the farmer in those cases. But um, in these cases, uh, we've had some instances that we had a Kansas wheat farmer that the strips never showed up in his field on 2,200 acres of wheat. So he didn't apply his plan flat rate and made $42,000 that year by not applying what he had, would have originally planned to apply. Um, the next year, the following year, the strips showed up and he ran, they ran a recommendation through our system and it our system recommended 30 pounds less than what he planned or normally planned to apply. And in today's market with fertilizer prices, that would have been a $60,000 savings. And he, he applied 30 pounds less, our recommendation and quality and yield were still met on both of those instances. Yeah, and, and the yield potential. We, uh, the system was able to, to nail his yield potential within a few bushels. 
uh, across the fields. Um, and, and really he was able to produce that year one, uh, he pulled back, he, he didn't pull the trigger. The environment wasn't looking conducive to a, a high yield anyways. And so he pulled back, the strips gave him confidence to, to not apply that season and walked away with yielding as much or more than all of his neighbors without applying a single drop of top dress. And then the following year, he, he still pulled back, but still beat his neighbors as far as protein and yield, because A, that end season is pushing the nitrogen to the time uh, that the wheat really needs it so you get a better protein. And so the system allows for a timing that both maximizes nitrogen use efficiency for the fertilizer applied, and protein because it's getting it in the crop when that crop needs it and it's available for that grain field. Yes, he now says that he can watch his neighbors panically applying while he's sitting on his porch drinking coffee, not worrying at all because this system has worked so well for him in uh, saving on nitrogen costs. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting to see how uh the services have been actually helping farmers to increase their profitability along with yield, protein content, and several other agronomic factors. So coming towards uh, the system of uh, how the Nijayak service uh, works, do the farmers or and the agronomists decide what amount of nitrogen and where to apply, or does the Nijayak system generates the nitrogen target rates itself? So reference strips will let the farmer and the agronomist know when it's time to apply. So this kind of goes back to our tagline of let the field do the talking. Uh, the field essentially decides when to apply and our system will use the site specific data from that field to generate the rate and where to apply it. Our system produces what's what we call pixel to pixel recommendation, it's not by zones. So it's not gonna break up the field by zones. It's actually gonna apply the right rate to each pixel across the field. Yeah, no, that's amazing, Courtney. And you mentioned about the nitrogen rich strip, right? That uh, the company has to decide uh, to apply before generating all the recommendations. How do you guys decide when to have or where to have this nitrogen rich strip? Really what you're looking at, depending on the crop, so there's right in time. So most of the corn crop or sorghum crop, if the farmer's a heavy pre-plant or really wants to make sure they've got plenty of pre-plant out, we, we go for a zero. And that might just be in a couple of zeros. In, in some of the big circles, you know, uh, quarter, uh, quarter section circles, uh, they'll do two or three in a field in different zones, smaller turn, turn the applicator off for a second or two. On the enriched side, we're really just wanting 60 to 80 pounds more nitrogen uh, somewhere. We've got some folks that'll do a field length strip. So they get to see the strip across the entire field and look at it across zones or they'll go into a zone that they feel is representative of the field and the one thing they really wanna manage that, that area of management. But really the bigger and the more zones you can cover as far as soil or yield, the better because then you can look at it and really start making decisions off of that. Thanks, Brian, I appreciate that. And on top of that, is there a minimum requirement for the farmers that are looking to start working with the Ninja Egg? Because we know that we have all this data collection to come up with the algorithms for the recommendations. Yes, they, of course, they need a reference strip in the field, imagery and a green seeker. 
And we've had this, this sounds like it's a lot, but it's, it's really not. Um, the one farmer case that we just spoke about on the 2200 acres of wheat, he has his 18 year old son go out there and put out reference strips on all of his fields in under a few hours. Um, and then the time that it takes to collect green seeker data from the field, five, 10 minutes. It's not that much. Um, we do also need shape files. So a field boundary and reference strip shape file. However, in a pinch, if we need to provide those, we can do that as well. Yeah, and timing lies. So, so like right now, because of the timing for a wheat crop, for us, the timing on the strip for a summer crop needs to be at planting. Sorghum, corn, cotton needs to be at planting or soon after. With our wheat, especially our winter wheat, we have kind of a time lag. So right now, we everybody knows you put wheat in the ground today, it's not growing, whether it's a lack of moisture or going to be temperature. So there's not a lot of growth. So we have a nice time lag. We really want the strips out if it's an enriched strip and a wheat crop prior to green up. So then when that you get that rapid acceleration of growth, you start taking mm -hmm. off. If you're further south and you do get good fall growth, then we want it on a little bit earlier, right? We want it on before you get good biomass production. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Like having those tools, like which are minimally required, farmers can easily have, or even like the company can provide with and they can get a profit out of the field using these services. So as we previously highlighted a success story about the farmer, uh, have the farmers seen the benefit of special variable application related to the traditional flat rate management? Great question. And all, all orders that we've seen processed through our system, a variable rate application is always more profitable. However, we understand that a lot of people may not be able to apply variable rate and that they, uh, flat rate is their only option. Um, so our system will still allow them to look at, and you know, put in that plan flat rate and compare the ROI and yield on, on both of those. Um, and it will also show them, okay, these are the different flat, flat rates. And then they can evaluate that to see what would be the most beneficial flat rate to maximize ROI. And in a flat rate application, you're, you're gonna either under apply or over apply. Um, so, however, the information that our system provides will let the farmer decide which way he wants to go and which would be most beneficial. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get to see a histogram of the field and the distribution of nitrogen. And you can make that call on whether you wanna be a risk adverse for under applying or risk adverse for over applying and adjust one side or the other for a flat rate up or down to get a better flat rate. One thing about the system that, that we kind of created might be because of my academic background is that we can run, you can run as many times as you want. If you wanna check all the algorithms 20 different times or against the flat rate. So if you plan 30 pound flat rate, you can test against 40, 50 and 60 or 100 and, and like that opportunity to keep going back and trying different iterations until you feel comfortable agronomically with the output you're getting to. And you always get that ROI, yield potential, yield loss maps. Yes, our ROI uh, report shows information to the dollar amount, the difference between the VRA and the plan flat rate. So you can see those dollars go up and down by acre and by total amount for the field. And you can see where that's gonna be coming from as well. We also show 
okay, you're going to make this money by saving on uh, the cost of nitrogen, or you're going to make this money because we're increasing your yield. That makes sense. And I know that we've been talking about the nitrogen reference and you guys already explained a little bit, how does that work? But can we just like, for those who are not familiar, what's the nitrogen reference, the nitrogen rich strip just briefly? Yeah. So we, we've used this. One of the best ways to explain this is that I think every farmer out there at one point is either overlapped or skipped before auto steer that they had that gap or they have that we're, we're effectively making those larger. So if it's a wheat crop and you don't have a lot of pre-plant down, we want a nitrogen rich or nitrogen enhanced, nitrogen high. There's a lot of different terms for them depending on the consultants. And the deal is that if you look where that strip is, let's say it's 40 foot wide, the nice edge that is created by that, when it greens up and the rest field's not, you know that the difference from one foot to the other foot's not soil, it's not weather, it's not residue, it's that you applied nitrogen here and not here. And that's really telling you, okay, the rest of the field is now at a point where it needs your fertilizer. It needs to be applied, it needs your fertilizer. On the zero side, and we use this for the irrigated, you, put, you turn off that applicator because you're putting down 170 pounds or 150 pounds of nitrogen. You wait for that zero to show up. This last year, we had folks out in Kansas that um, they never could find the zero, even at R5. And so their normal rate they applied was, uh, they grew 260 corn, they were applying 250 pounds of N. You could not find the zero versus 250. Other producers that had already pulled back for the last couple of years and been more efficient, that zero shows up at V6. Well, if we just think about it kind of easily, if we can just, you know, napkin math it, if it shows up V6, then I know I need to supply the nitrogen for the crop and the yield from V6 on. If it shows up at V8 or V10, then it shows up beyond that way. And so it gives an idea. It lets us know what the soil is, uh, is providing, also what the crop can find. Uh, irrigated corn crop, again, if we have a lot of shallow rains that tends to keep, or a lot of light rains on early season corn, our roots tend to be shallow and we need a lot more nitrogen. If we get a little rain, get the crop up and it's a little stressed the first 30 to 40 days, we have a lot more deep rooting potential and we tend to get a lot more of that residual nitrogen up into the crop. And so we don't need as much. We find that we often don't need the same amount of nitrogen in those years that the crop stressed a little bit or had to explore the soil a little bit more. And so these strips let us see that as a gauge. And I like to say, folks, that whether you use a technology or not, it's a good check strip. And if you're driving down the, the dirt road at 50 miles per hour checking fields and you see the strip, then you know it's time to fertilize. If you don't, you can still fertilize, but the crop doesn't need it. And we've also got enough research throughout the plains and, and other states to show that our crops can actually stress and do better after a slight nitrogen stress if you fertilize in season. So the whole fear of, oh, I have yellow corn, my yellow wheat, I'm losing yield. That's been proven scientifically that a little stress is not always a bad thing. And it might be a good thing. We're learning more about, uh, we're diving into the impact of root physiology on nitrogen stress. We're diving into the nitrogen stress signaling for AM, AM fungi symbiotic relationships in those stress environments and learning that stresses are not as bad as we once thought. A 
a little stress. Yeah, that, that sounds interesting, like how uh, the different strips uh, or those high nitrogen strips actually help uh, adjust uh, the management very precise to the field and the reason. So as we are talking about the different services provided by the Ninja Egg, do you think like if there are any challenges uh, of using the Ninja Egg technologies uh, by the farmers? There's no easy button to nitrogen. And, and that's the thing with our system is that we focus on precision over accuracy. And so we're going to require that there be site-specific data collected from the field so that the farmer doesn't leave any money on the table. And so right now, a trip has to be made to the field to maximize yield and ROI. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I get on a lot. It's like, when we look at nitrogen, we've always had the easy button. 1.2 pounds of N per bushel, minus soil test, minus organic matter and things. That's, that's easy, but it works well across the entire state of Nebraska and the entire state. But if you just zoom down into a small area of a field that's not very precise, it's highly accurate over a million acres, poorly imprecise over small acres. And when you have a system that is an easy button where you aren't really getting a lot of site-specific information, it's an easy button that is really accurate across all the Corn Belt or all the plains, but it's probably not very precise for your field. And so that's why we go back to, yeah, there's a few more steps, but we're trying to be site-specific, which means site-specific data. That counts big time in these years where we are seeing significant drought and, and weather changes. I mean, this is where the pen meets the paper when it comes to using our system and seeing what's going to be the most beneficial in those years where weather patterns aren't what they've been typically in the past and cost of fertilizer and other things are impacting uh, a farmer's decision as well. Yeah, so I, I agree with you guys. I, I think I feel that we can do it better. It's not like just about one size fits all. We can be more site specific and the technologies are here to help us to improve that nitrogen mm -hmm. management and even other fertilizers. But saying that, how do you envision the company, the Ninja Egg, evolving over the next few years? Do you have any technologies that you feel that we need to improve a little more or what are your thoughts? We have a lot of plans for our system. The capabilities of what our system can do with our calibrated imagery is endless. Uh, however, we, when we want to focus on adding more nutrients to the system, as well as that easy button option, because we understand that there may be times where that's needed. However, we want to do it right. We want to make sure if we add that easy button option to the system, that we're transparent in the data and letting the agronomist and the grower know, hey, this is how much money you could potentially be using, lose, losing or leaving money on the table by not going to visit the field and collect site-specific data. Yeah, and, and improving the efficiencies of even uh, the, the data collection, you know, adding, adding efficiencies in the system. Right now we're getting active NDVI points for, for each field. Uh, if we're running a satellite or a plane, then there, there's, you know, the options to grow is like, okay, maybe we could use uh, one field to help calibrate a pass of a plane or one satellite in because the, the, the atmospheric hasn't changed that much. Drone, we still need by field. But so it's, it's those things also improve the efficiencies. 
Yeah, that's that's really interesting to see how uh, you envision uh, expanding over a few years, and hopefully that will uh, in turn help the farmers out to fulfill their needs in terms of soil fertility management. In your opinion, what does the future of precision fertility management and agriculture look like, and what do you think are some of the challenges uh, that uh, are stopping or that will hinder uh, the advancement of the data-driven agriculture? So with, with government policy and regulations, uh, fertility management is going to require precision over accuracy as we start to move on um, in the future. It's, and, and that's going to require site-specific data to make it more precise over being accurate. And imagery, it, it can be a powerful tool for many, many, many things. However, it's got to be calibrated. And, and that's what our system does. It provides more reliable data. And it's also going to require site-specific solutions, customized algorithms that are tailored to so the soil and the environment. As far as data goes, it's going to turn, I think, from what's currently now a time-consuming process to something that gets a little bit more quicker as technology um, and solutions mature more. Yeah, yeah our, our, our challenges right now when it comes to data-driven is the collection of data and good data and people slowing down. When you have a crop consultant that has to manage 20,000 acres, do they want to slow down and collect data? That we, We're in a, 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 an agronomic realm that it's a push for more and more acres, which do we provide an agronomist? Do you do service more acres or do you service less acres better? And so there's that challenge. If we're pushing acres, if an agronomist is supposed to go from 20,000 to 30,000 acres, we're not going to collect good data. We're not going to have the time. So we're, we're in a system right now. We got to make the, the, the groups have to decide, are we going to do more acres or better on the acres we have? And that, I think that's one of our current challenges is the upscaling of some of this stuff and the time it takes to slow down and collect a good, good data stream. I agree with you, Brian. And I think with this technology, maybe we can get there, right? <laughs> so as we are getting to the end of our interview here, is there anything that you would like to share that we did not talk about here today? Yes, there's no upfront cost to using Ninja Ag. We don't require prepaid acres. We only charge once an order's processed through, through the system. So it's very minimal to no risk option for fertility management, and there, there's minimal to no investment involved when using our solution. The cost really that's only going to occur would be the cost of a green seeker and putting out a few extra pounds of nitrogen if you're putting out enriched strips um, as well. So there's minimal to no risk to using our solution. We can take in and digest drone aerial and satellite imagery. So imagery short source doesn't matter. We can work with all of them. And in working with the agronomist and the farmer, we offer pre-training and educational materials as well. We work hand in hand with them throughout the season to make sure that all questions are asked and they feel confident and comfortable in using our solution throughout the entire season. Uh, we provide reference strip training, green seeker training, uh, a lot of different options as far as hands-on learning and training for the agronomist and the grower. Yeah, you know, last year, I don't know, I think it's the same in your area, but we had a pretty, our wheat crop didn't do great. 
in, in part of the state, you know, it was a drought and not looking good. So a lot of acres that were planned to be run through the system were dying and they didn't need a top dress. And so they weren't run through the system. And so there was no cost. The Kansas farmer that didn't apply nitrogen, he didn't get charged for that 46,000 he saved. It was just, it was no application. I will say that with the, the one thing I want to add that I would say is uh, from the or reference trips, as we move into the biological world, you know, the biologicals and microbials are all over the marketplace or there a lot of stuff. There's a lot that goes on to whether and how much a biological is going to add or fix or create in addition to what's in the system. And so I think the reference strips and something like a Ninja Egg is where we need to go to make a biological work in the system. Because let's say a biological says it will, will provide 30 pounds of nitrogen. Do you cut your rate by 30 pounds? Do you cut it by 60 pounds or do you cut it by 80? Or do you apply your normal, then put that on top and just hope for? And so ideally you cut your rate, see what the biological will provide and then you top it off from there. And that's where a system like the Ninja Ag really fits well, or at least a reference strip out in the field to see, does my crop need more? Yeah, that's that's interesting. So uh, as we have already talked about uh, different services and products that the Ninja Ag offers and the, a diverse range of services, uh, where can our listeners go to learn more about Ninja Ag and its product if they are interested? They can go to ninjaag.com if you want to learn more about what we do and the different services that we provide. And at the bottom of the website, there are links to our different social media platforms as well. We have a YouTube channel where we've done some educational webinars as well. And, and we have a discussion one-on-one -on -one with a grower if they wanna go and visit that and, and really hear from the grower their experience in using our technology and the agronomist. We have an agronomist on there as well. And that's a, we also offer um, peer reviewed and other educational resources completely for at no cost on our website if they want to learn more about the research behind what we're doing. That's amazing, Courtney. Thanks for sharing that. And the last question here for those people that are willing to learn more about technologies that want to start working with imagery and all these nitrogen recommendations to be more friendly environmental. Uh, do you have any tips or suggestions or on, on which skills would be essential to work with that? For those that are looking to get into the imagery field and precision ag, I heavily suggest getting to know image, imagery at an intimate level. Understand what impacts it, the data, the providers and how they work that data. Um, get their hands dirty and, and start building a skill set as far as how to work a GIS system and imagery systems and how and, and start playing with the information and, and the imagery within those systems as well. That as an employer, that that's hugely important that I know that I can hire somebody with not only the knowledge and the expertise, but the skill set to be able to work in those systems and be able to hit the ground running and, and bring their knowledge and expertise and skill set as a value to a company and the industry. Yeah, as far as, you know, getting ready, and Courtney kind of said it, but you got to get dirty with the data, understand the data. And there's two skill sets here we're talking about that don't combine often. It's the ability to understand imagery 
camera wavelengths, what does it mean? What's the difference between red, amber, red edge, NDVI? What are all these things? And then, so we got a group that has that skill set extremely well. Then we have another group that understands nitrogen, nitrogen uptake, nitrogen cycle dynamics. And in the marriage of the two and understanding, you know, when I teach about this, we're going over right now, is that I can provide a, a aerial image and create 80 different nitrogen rate recommendations going from low NDVI gets the most to high NDVI gets the least to inversing that where low gets the least and the high NDVI gets the most to, to curves that are somewhere in the middle uh, to curves that flex depending on opportunity risk. And so having the skill set to understand both what the imagery means and the nitrogen system, the agronomy and the soils behind it, that's a unique uh, skill set that's going to have a lot of value in the future. Thank you very much to Brian and Courtney for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting to hear their perspective and knowledge focused around how to use digital technologies, particularly crop sensors and imagery within fertility recommendations. One of my favorite parts of this podcast is how the use of reference strip can help farmers to maximize the profitability. Yeah, I agree with you, Deepak, but my favorite part is when they talk about how these tools can be customized to particular field and crop of farmers interesting, really turns into a site-specific management. I hope you enjoyed that episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the reviews section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agriculture community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the host and guest on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of The Farm Beats.